Every business owner knows they need a website, but just having a site is not going to be enough to grow your business. On today's episode, we talk to Melvin, a website expert, on how to use your website as a sales tool to attract, inform, and engage new leads. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. My name is Bill with W. Volunteer Photography. I'm Justin of Justin Kerr Design. And I'm Alicia with The Spark Social. And together we make up the, the Marketing, Marketing Essentials, Essentials team. team. Welcome to the Marketing Essentials podcast. Today we're talking to Melvin Figueroa of Mellow Multimedia Designs. He's a website designer, branding expert, and the founder of his company with over a decade of experience in the industry, helping his clients locally and nationally. Melvin's always believed that websites should be more than just something nice to look at. He's been involved in several speaking panels over the last few years to help businesses learn more about their websites. And today he's here to talk to us on our podcast about using your website as a sales tool. Welcome, Melvin. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So you are conferencing in today. Um, and just to, to kind of jump right into the topic, a lot of people are looking at websites as something that they should just check off their marketing list. Like, I need a website. Let's just put up like an online brochure. It's all about, you know, just take everything I have about myself and paste it up there. And that's a website, right? That's how it should go. Uh, well, yeah, that, well, I see that a lot, honestly, when it comes to like business owners and, um, you know, kind of the stuff that they expect with the website and they do treat it that way. They treat it as a line item, you know, for, you know, better, better words to explain it is the line item. I, you know, I have a business, I need to have this, I need to have that brochures and a logo, you know, and all this stuff. And really, uh, where I'm coming in is really understanding that a website can dramatically change a, a business and really, uh, increased conversion of clients and everything's online now. And so uh, I truly, I really do believe that, that a, a website can impact a business in a major way. If you really take the time to construct it, you know, the way that your what your clients are expecting, you know, the information they're looking for. That's like one of the biggest problems is that we, we focus so much on us, you know, but we don't focus on the the pain points of the customer, the, the solutions that, that we can provide to them out of our product or service. And so that's kind of really the ballpark that I'm in when it comes to website design. Well, that makes sense because if you are looking at it, your website as a sales tool, you wouldn't go out to Home Depot, buy a set of tools and then just leave them in your basement and never use them. Say, oh, well, I've got a set of tools. I mean, they're there to be put to use to help you fix things around the house. So it's not a one and done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I find, too, is that it depends. You know, some people that that are younger, uh, they kind of understand the importance of a website. But more people that have been in business for a lot of years, what I find is that they, th- they treat it almost like a social media account, like Facebook or Twitter. I'll just put something up when I feel like it, or I'll get to that when, whenever I need to. Um, but really it, it's really what all your marketing efforts really funnel down to a website. Even if you're doing a landing page, that's still a website. And so um, really understanding that and, th- and people that you know, 2019 people are going to look up your business and they're going to find your website, you know, whether it's a, a Facebook ad or, or a Google ad, they're going to go to your website. The question is, where are they going to find there? That, that's going to make them call you and actually 
fill out that contact form or email you, you know, and that's where, where I feel like a lot of business owners are failing right now. Yeah. I area. think like an interesting note on that too, you said like people will find you through Facebook or Google, but a lot of business owners still do networking and word of mouth. A lot of times people say word of mouth is the number one way they get business, which is great. Mm-hmm. And that's super powerful. But think about it in this 2019, 2020, when someone refers someone to you, what's the next step you take? You go look them up online. Sure. Right. Absolutely. To make sure they're yeah. legit. Yeah. Yeah. So the next step that I take is uh, I really understand the business because I can't really make a, a website that's going to, you know, put more money in your pocket, you know, for a lack of words. Um, but if I don't really understand your business. And so a big part of my process is really understanding the business, understanding how are they getting clients currently? What marketing efforts have they tried in the past? What worked? What didn't work? And understanding really the target market because when I when I create websites, the websites isn't really necessarily for the business owner; it's for their customers. And so we really dive deep into the psychology of the customer, how they are going to interact with the website. You know, um, also like I mentioned before, like what information is on that website? Because for example, like a carpenter, right? They they want a website. They'll talk about how many years they've been in business. They'll talk about the types of wood they use. They talk about the process. All all about them. And there's this thing that I found online from somebody else that I follow called like the the spotlight method. And who's the spotlight on? Is it on you or is it on your customer? Because when you look at a website, you know, most of these these do-it-yourself builders and all this stuff that people do websites on their own, they really focus on them themselves. They don't focus on their customer. And that's one of the main problems that where people aren't really seeing a net return on their websites when they hire somebody, you know, and they get aggravated or upset, yeah. you know, spending all this money and it and doesn't do anything for their business, you know? Yeah, your website is really not about you. <laughs> no, it's, I think that's like, it's similar to the Donald Miller, uh, you know. Oh, story brand. Yeah, story brand. So you are not the hero of your story. Mm-hmm. Sure. Your business and your service exists to, to you know, make the customer the center of attention mm-hmm. and put that, the spotlight, I like that word a lot because you're putting the spotlight on them. So that's a good perspective to take, yet as a business owner, when you're building out your marketing, but your website, it's it's hard though, right? Because you're so inside your business and you're like, like you said, Melvin, I got to say this, I've been in business this many years and I have this many certifications and I have this many people on my team and I've been through all these different like courses or something, which yeah. in reality, some of those things could matter to the customer. But really mm-hmm. at the top of the funnel, when someone first comes to your website, what is it that is going to make them go farther into the website? Like what is that pain point? And so how do you work with a client, Melvin, to, to kind of figure that out? Um, you said, you know, you, you want them to take the spotlight off them and put on the customer, but what are some examples of questions you'll ask when you're working with a client on their website? Yeah. So like, for example, um, you know, some of the things uh, that is really understand like the client, right. And understand those friction points. You can get that information from pretty much anywhere from current clients. You know, uh, I actually prefer negative feedback over positive feedback because negative feedback, you know, that it's true, <laughs> you know, it's and true. you can actually apply and create things to like learn from those negative experiences. And so in order to, to create a website that really caters to your target audience, go to your target audience, you know, past customers or people that work in your department or, or the person that, that sends off proposals or go to them and see what those friction points are. And that's one of the ways that I would gather that, that information, you know, Ooh, the sales uh, team or the customer service. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. And, 
And the thing is too, is that like with the website, every business is different, you know, every single business is different. And so some people, they prefer uh, emails to come in so they can manage their, their clients and some want the phone to ring and they want to pick up the phone. And so really understanding what that onboarding process looks like for that business, the website should be uh, an asset to that rather than a liability, you know, not making it harder for the business to gain clients. It should be something that works internally for them and their processes. 100%. And so a quick uh, story on that about, so we're working with a client and he's in the, he has an e-com, he has an e-com website. So he's selling product online, but he works with a builder in kind of like, architects and stuff like that. And so while the product is very transactional and they can go through the website to purchase, while talking to him and learning about his sales process, he said, I do get a lot of calls though, because people want to know more about this product. It's not a very like cut and dry product. There's a lot of like needing to understand how this product will work on certain jobs and how it will work with other materials on the job. So he gets a lot of phone calls, even though he's an e-commerce website. So if we went about it with the typical approach, we wouldn't have, you know, asked the client, you know, what, how does your sales process go? So we ended up putting his phone number literally on every product page, because when we were looking at the site, his phone number was only at the very, very bottom of the site in the footer. So this wasn't aligning with the way that his customer needed to interact with him. So we changed that. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm talking about is what is, what did they want? That particular example they used, they wanted their phone. They wanted to utilize the phone more than anything when, when contacting their customers. And so that's some of the stuff that, that you really want to dive deep when it comes to, you know, finding out what's the best way of executing on the, on the website, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so what are some other common mistakes or problems when people do their website themselves? They're not coming at it from this industry perspective. They're not seeing websites every day and thinking about it. So when people DIY, which you can, if you're just starting out and you don't have a budget, but what are the other common mistakes and problems you see on websites when people DIY? Yeah. DIY, like you mentioned, is not a bad thing, you know, but if you are going to DIY, I would definitely consult with at least a professional that does websites and get their overall overarching plan for the website and then try to execute it on your own, you know? Um, But one of the most common mistakes that I find on the websites are very simple things. They're not hard to fix at all, but they're huge killers of uh, when people visit the website. One example of that is having an SSL installed on your website. Recently, um, I think maybe it was within the last year, Google actually made it mandatory and they were telling everybody about it, making sure that you have an SSL installed. Okay, okay, jargon alert. Oh jargon yeah, alert. that's a jargon <laughs> alert. What is an SSL? Yeah, an SSL just stands for... Um, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what it Secure stands for. Secure something. Secure longer. socket yeah. layer, but why don't you explain why that's important uh, on a website? I was going to say something link. So, oh, yeah, so it's secure socket, socket layer. layer. Yeah, huh. yeah. I don't, I don't remember the exact uh, word, what it, what it is. I actually can't even think about it right now. But uh, what it is, is basically it encrypts the connection between the user and the, the where the website's hosted. And so if there's any information, like, for example, like a contact form or anything like that that they fill out, it can't be interrupted. It's protecting that connection. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that's a big deal is not necessarily because you're being protected, which is a good thing, but it's because when people go on your website and you don't have an SSL installed, you get this huge warning sign telling the person, hey, this website is not protected. And doesn't that lower them in the the rankings too for Google? Yeah, Google will reward you if you have an SSL installed. Yep, it's definitely a ranking factor. But one of the things, uh, the the big reason why you don't want that is because when people go on your website, you're going to see a big warning sign saying your website's uh, unsecure. Mm -hmm. And so to the average Joe, when they see that, they're going to back up and they're not going to go to your website. And that's a potential sale loss. Just because you didn't have an SSL installed on your website, 
and SSLs, they cost money depending on who, what host you're using, but some of them are actually free mm-hmm. and people are just don't do it. They just don't, they aren't aware of it. So that's one big killer right there. So Melvin, I have a question. You mentioned a few minutes ago that if someone's going to DIY their site, they should talk with a professional just to get an assessment of their site and try and plug some of those holes that you often find when people DIY. Is that a service that you offer? Yeah, it actually is. Uh, most of the time when I consult people, they end up just being clients because they see so many holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's been times where I've, I've literally given them an entire game plan, site structure, what content that their audience, you know, would probably like to see on their website. And um, they take it and they run with it. And then they, they create, I even partner with other agencies and do the same thing. And um, that's a really important thing because uh, the best work is always produced when you're collaborating with your client. When you try to be gun ho and do everything yourself, you're not, you're kind of cutting your, your results short, honestly, because nobody knows the business, like the business owner. And so it's a job for, for me as a web designer to really take the information from their brain and take the information that's in my brain and create this like beautiful, uh, you know, uh, creation of a website that, that just generates leads for them, you know? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense because they are speaking in their jargon and their mindset. And mm-hmm. so as the website designer, it's it's more than just, you know, design, but it's also like working with the client, almost like interviewing them to get the right pieces out of them to understand how is this website from layout to functionality to, you know, content, how is this going to work with your customer? But there are, and then the little things, like you said, like, well, it's not little, but the technical things that go along with it, like the, the secure, what is it? Soccer lady. <laughs> secure soccer lady. Secure soccer lady. What? But yeah. Another, uh, yeah. Saucy another soccer lady. Saucy no. soccer. Not what SSL stands for. No, no, no. Um, but what about load time? That was one you mentioned. And I, from personal yeah. frustration, I bounce, right? If it doesn't load. Yeah, there's so many things, honestly, that, that can stop a website and its tracks from producing results. And like you mentioned, responsiveness. Uh, sorry, you, meant, you said the loading time, actually. Loading time is a huge factor because, you know, sometimes when people design their websites on their, their own self, um, what I see is that they're grabbing these huge uncompressed images and they're putting it on their website. And then I realized that that image that you just put on your website is like three megabytes. And in the Internet world, for people that are listening, that is humongous. That's like uh, the smallest guy in the world carrying a huge boulder on his back. That's literally, you know, an analogy for that. But, um, you know, that, that can make your website load really slow. And then most people are using their websites or viewing their website. The customers are viewing the websites on mobile. And so when you have a website that's that heavy with all these images on it, um, it can, it's going to create a horrible experience for the mobile user. And then, again, it's going to result in a lost sale or potential sale or even a potential contact, you know, yeah. which is really the job of the website designers to make it as easy as possible for the information to be found on the website, but then to make it easy for the customer to contact the business owner because they're interested in their service or product. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And so mobile, that's a big one. And you already started to talk about load time on mobile, but what about having a website and from the mobile perspective, what should a client think about? Yeah, same thing. Like right now, uh, the split when it comes to desktop versus mobile, it's like right now in 2019, it's about 50-50, you know? And so if you're not designing your website with mobile in mind, like again, you're cutting your your results in half. And so um, you want to make sure that thing images scale, that font sizes aren't too small. You want to make sure that buttons are big enough where people can actually click them with their fingers. You want to make sure that everything is viewable and you don't want to overload the 
person on mobile because a person, their behavior on mobile is a lot different than on desktop. Because on mobile, they just want to get to the point. Where's your phone number? What services do you provide? Give me that. That's what I want because I'm on mobile. I just got in a car accident. I want an attorney or something. You know, they're not going to go through all your reviews. I don't care how many years you were in business. I need a phone number. (laughs) Exactly. And so those are the things that you really got to keep in mind. You know, you want to make sure that contact information is, is like visible in all pages, all footers, the header, the navigation, everything, you know. So with mobile, my question is like, say you have, you can like limit the amount. So say my desktop has like, like three or four case studies on the homepage, like with mobile, I could, I could water that down or something like that. So it doesn't have to be the exact same content. Yeah. You can make certain elements be visible or not, or not visible. Like, you know, depending on what, uh, what device that they're viewing the website on. And so, yeah, you can eliminate some of those sections that are not needed because there's a, a lot of websites where um, it'll just be responsive. So it'll go ahead and, and, and resize to whatever screen that it's being shown on. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that you're scrolling for such a long time on mobile that you're going, you have to scroll forever basically to get to where you want to go. And that's a big problem too with mobile. So that's something that I really focus on. Yeah, that's a good point. That's really annoying when you have to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling just to get like an address or a phone number. So, <laughs> yeah. and I, yeah. I think, you know, we, we need to think about the mindset of the consumer, whether they're sitting at their desk or if they're on their phone. And I, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of business owners think about that when they're designing their site. So, so I have a question mm-hmm. since I'm a big branding guy mm-hmm. and uh, Melvin, I know that's something you deal with. What do you talk to your clients about in regards to branding for their website? So uh, that's actually a part of like the website, you know, process for me. I look at the entire brand and I'll, at the bare minimum, um, if they do have a, a logo and, and a branding kit already created, I try to keep everything as consistent as possible with that branding or that at least the logo and take the colors and the typography and the feel of the logo and, and you know, spread that across throughout the website. Um, because, you know, when I'm, when I'm working with somebody that doesn't have a brand and they just have a Facebook page and it looks different and they have this and it looks different. It looks like it's a completely different business, like four different businesses, but really you're the same guy doing the same services. And so that's kind of how I handle like the branding part of it. Um, But I look at it completely. The website has to be branded just like everything else. It shouldn't be treated as a separate entity of the business. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Consistency is is huge from, like you said, from website to social media to any other marketing channel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The consumer, I think even if they're not, you know, looking for that subconsciously, they're picking up on like, you know, the colors aren't the same or this isn't really, it's, it's just something's off and it it adds your business looks less legitimate that way. And I I think too, like when I, when it comes to the website project that they need also like a a branding kit created, I I take in mind also the audience that it's for and the same spiel when it comes to like who you designed the website for, who you designed the logo for, you know, And, and I do the same exact process for logos. It doesn't change. Nice. So you're saying, you know, you can't just throw everything up on your website. You really need a strategic approach to take the customer from point A to B. Mm -hmm. And so I guess if you had to sum up how to work with a business or a client, you know, what are the other things they should consider putting on the site to, to take that customer? They're coming into your website. They want to know about you because they're on the site. But ultimately, we want them to contact the business, buy from the business. So what other things should be included on the site to make that happen? Yeah. So a website really is taking the client from like point A to point B. And really everything on the website should be geared towards one goal. 
also known as a CTA or a call to action. That call to action should be repeated all throughout the website. And what that is, a call to action is to kind of reiterate that. It's basically like, what do you want the person to do when they're on the website? Do you want them to join an email list? You know, is that part of your overall marketing plan as a company? You know, um, do you want the person to call you? Do you want them to buy your latest book, your latest product that you came out with? Or, or what, what is that goal that you want the, the user to take on their website? And um, that's really the, the, main, the main thing that, we, that the website should achieve. But also, too, you're, you're taking the, the, the user through a journey. Um, so some of the things is, you know, like I mentioned, the spotlight method and how in the beginning, you know, people really focus on how many years they've been in business, materials and all this stuff. But uh, what's important is also, like, before you even get into that, talk about the pain points, you know, of the customer. Like, what are they experiencing? You know what your product is and what problem does that solve for the customer? You know, and really taking them through those pain points. But then also, after using your product, what are the benefits that that person's getting from that, from that product? You know, um, and benefits is different than features. Features is talking about all that stuff where it's like, you know, made from the best wood or, you know, 30 years of craftsmanship and all this stuff. That's where the features come in. But the benefits is like after the product has been used and or the service has been purchased, what are the benefits that that customer gets? And so those are the things that should be laid out. Um, most of the time on the homepage, because that's where most people will land on a website is through the homepage. Then again, it differs from industry to industry. But um, that's really what it is. And also really stacking a lot of social proof um, and the stuff like reviews, uh, video reviews, um, case studies of past uh, results that you got for other customers. That's like really where you want to beef up your website is showing the results that you've gotten for other people. And then lastly, at the end is when you talk about yourself and who you are and what you use and all that stuff. But really, they're not even going to look at that if it doesn't talk to them first and lead them to that. You know? And then it, also you ended off with a, you know, getting contact with me you know, through a contact form or a chat bot or, or something. You know? And that's really it. That's, like, that's really like the blueprint that I always use for like every project. For you know. So I have a question. You mentioned homepage, which is the front door for your website. And a lot of people mm-hmm. land there. Do you have a specific strategy for homepages when you work with clients as far as like what's first, second, third, and how to build that homepage strategically so that you're, you're answering those pain points and you're really getting them to engage. Yeah. So in the beginning, what I would say, you know, this is like a general uh, blueprint here. It may or may not work for every business that's listening, but uh, for the most part, like, when a person enters the website, you want to be able to have like a big call to action. That call to action has to be relevant, like right there in front of the person, whatever it is. And then secondly, you want to build a whole lot of social proof so that people aren't really questioning your authority as much. And so these are things like <clears throat> certifications, acknowledgements, um, where you've been featured on. A lot of websites will have that, you know, as featured in. And then it's like CNN and Fox and this and that. That's a good, that's a reason why people do that a lot on websites is because they want to, they don't want you to really uh, question their authority for the most part. You know, they want to say like, Hey, we've been doing this for a long time. Look at all the awards we won. Right. So that's like, right. What do you get into the second part? Then the third part would be um, the pain points really drive deep those pain points uh, of what it is, uh, why, you know, what, what does your product solve, you know? And then from there, getting into uh, after the pain points, I'd put more reviews, more social proof, even link case studies of past results that you've gotten. And then after that, I would um, I would put um, you know the benefits of that product. 
or that service. And then after that, I would put more reviews, just keep stacking the reviews. You can't, you can never go wrong with reviews. Um, and then, uh, after that I would put, uh, yeah, I would, I would put, you know, just more reviews. And then after that I would put the, you know, the actual description of the business and the people that, you know, that worked there, the CEO, the founder, whoever it is, and then a contact form. So, so all your contact information should be, at, should be at the bottom. It's kind of a, it's been standardized pretty much. People know what to expect when they come to websites. Mm. So people always know that at the bottom, there's more, more or less will be a contact form. Yeah, true. There's definitely UX or user experiences, um, very systemized in a way. So subconsciously, I think, you know, people who aren't website experts or don't even spend a lot of time looking at websites kind of, kind of know the flow and, and I think, but as a business owner, we tend to put the spotlight on us and not think about the customer and the flow that is needed to get that customer from point A to B. So that makes perfect sense. And mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like a lot of stuff on the homepage, but I think when you can work with a designer who positions it right, it all yeah. lays out nicely. It's not just like copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. <laughs> yeah. The homepage really is kind of like the guide or the map of the website, you know, for us, the user. Mm-hmm. And so when we go on the website, we should see a couple blogs, we should see a couple case study links and it will take you to the case study page or the blog page. So it's really a sprinkling of everything, but really the homepage for me personally, I've always created it as a funnel, even if it was just a landing page, like that's the homepage. And then the other pages are more to get into the boxes or categories of those things on the homepage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least it's all about the funnels. We love funnels. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's kind of like a, a conversation, right? If you walked into a networking event or you started talking to somebody in person, it's really rude to just talk about yourself. But when you can ask that person questions, you know, so what is the challenge you're having? What is the problem you're having? And mm-hmm. then bringing them through that, that conversation or, kind of a funnel approach. So those pain points and putting it out there for the customer, are you struggling with getting results for your social media? Well, this is what we do. Here's a case study to show you. Here's a testimonial from our other happy customers. <laughs> like, And then, you yeah. know, when now they're ready to, to talk and putting that button there. And, and so yeah. having that, on, it's like an online conversation or a funnel, which is like a sales funnel, I guess is yeah. kind of like the best way to describe no, it, it. Yeah, it really is. Sales funnel. Yeah. yeah like really imagine is. if you went to a doctor and you told them what pills to give you and what, you know, what you needed and self-diagnosed yourself. That's what a lot of people do when they build these websites. They're just doing, you know, the self-diagnosing the problems with their websites. And, and, uh, in reality, you really got to listen. What are the pain points? Where, where does it hurt in your elbow? Okay. When did that happen? How did that happen? You know, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter what question you put in on WebMD. It all comes back. You you're have dying. cancer. Yeah. You're, you're dying. dying. You're dying. Oh, no. You're dying yeah. in three days. That's why I don't look at that anymore. It's like, forget it. Don't yeah. So just go to the doctor. Or hire a website designer in this case. <laughs> so Melvin, if you had to sum it up for a business, uh, what what should be the overall mindset or approach when they're looking at getting their website going? And it could be a new website or a revamp, I guess, too. Yeah. Um, number one, I would uh, definitely you know collaborate with whoever you hire for any marketing effort, whether it's a web design or, or marketing, digital marketing service. And secondly, um, put yourself in the shoes of your customer, you know, and I, I'm, I've actually been in that place myself where, you know, like where I just basically put the spotlight on me, you know, so it's natural when you're a business designer. I mean, when you're a business, um, you want to just highlight everything about yourself. And so I've been there myself where I've talked about all about me, but then I'm, I, 
you know, I got more results when I started really focusing the shift from me to my customers. And so again, I would say collaborate with whoever you hire. And secondly, you know, um, uh, focus on uh, your customers. Yeah, that's a great takeaway. So Melvin, if people wanted to reach you to to uh, get some guidance or do a full website design, how can they find you? Uh, the best way for everything is uh, to go to my website, which is www.mellowmultimedia.com. Mellow spell M-E-L-L-O. Awesome. And we will put that link in the show notes. So Melvin, thank you so much for joining us today, conferencing in and uh, so being our me. podcast guest. Thank Thanks, Melvin. All right. Thank you. And with that note, we are at the end of our another podcast and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, you can find the back episodes of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Both of them are the Marketing Essentials team. You can find us on the web at marketingessentialsteam.com. And if you subscribe through our website, you'll receive a weekly email and letting you know when each episode has been published. Also, you'll receive a link to subscriber-only content. You can also find us on Facebook and our private Facebook group. Just search Little Roadie Marketing Support Group. It's a great place for other marketing professionals and business owners where we can share marketing advice, challenges, and general trends. Hope to see you there.